Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to gather together, to worship you, to fellowship with each other, and to fellowship with you. Father, we pray now that this word will go out. It will not return void. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. Father, we pray that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so I got a phone call this week, and the guy was like, Pastor, I, I need some advice. And I said, okay, what happened? He said, well, my brother, you know, got thrown in jail, and he didn't take very kindly to it. He was yelling and cursing and spitting and throwing stuff, and, and it was really a mess. I said, man, that is terrible. What do you think we should do? And he said, I don't know, but we're not playing Monopoly anymore, that's for sure. <clears throat> no, it wasn't. I didn't. <laughs> that's too wholesome not to be worried about. I was worried about Philip, but he ain't here. I had somebody tell me yesterday they only watch for the joke and then turn it off. So there you go. It's a, you got it. All right, so what we're going to Oh, look at Philip. He's snuck in the back door, and I was talking trash about him. Daggummit. Um, so what we're going to talk about today is, is this, this uh, sermon has had like four or five different titles this week. It has changed. It has morphed. It has been redone. Um, but the best I can come up with is don't forget. See, a lot of times we have um, all of this stuff, and we forget what it was like when we didn't have it. You, you know, I mean, I don't, maybe not y'all. Especially Crystal and I, right? <clears throat> we prayed and, and, and we did all kinds of stuff to have kids, right? I mean, we went through a whole big process of, of and if you know the history, you know the history. If you don't, it isn't a big deal. But I mean, we did fertility stuff and it, it, is, it was an undertaking. And then we had them. And then some days you're like, whoo, Lord, why did you give us these children? <laughs> but we spent years praying and, 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 and believing God and, and going through the process to have those children, right? And, and we're thankful for them, right, most of the time. But, but at, at the same time, the thing that you've been praying for and believing God for and, and all those stuff, sometimes we forget what it was like when we didn't have it. <clears throat> so I want to talk about a couple stories that where the guys in the Old Testament, they did some special stuff where we could remember. Okay, So I want to start, there's a couple of them, but I want to start in Joshua. We actually did this in Bible school not so long ago. Um, it's still one of my favorite <clears throat> Bible school things. Right? Oh, Lord. Um, I guess I need to open the book because I thought it was chapter 5, but I think it's really chapter 4. Chapter 4. Um, so Joshua just went across to Jericho with the Israelites, right? The, the, the whole nation of Israel had just walked across this mighty raging river um, on dry ground. In verse 4 it says, And when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan, right from where the priests are standing. See, what had happened was is they had taken the Ark of the Covenant into the water, and that stopped the flow of the river, right? The river stopped. 
I mean, y'all understand that concept, right? Did a river just stop? Really? You ever seen a river just stop? I'm not like slow down or dry up. I'm saying that it just stopped flowing. It just stopped. Right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place to where you are staying tonight. So Joshua called together 12 men he had pointed from each tribe and said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan and each take up a stone on his shoulder. They're not little, they didn't pick up pebbles, right? They picked up stones on your shoulder <clears throat> according to the number of tribes of Israel to serve as a sign among you that in the, in the future, that wait a minute, in the future when your children ask whether these stones mean, we tell them that the flow of the Jordan were cut off and the stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever, right? He just wanted them to remember what had taken place. You know, because sometimes you get kind of down in the dumps and you go, well, Lord, you really hadn't done anything for me lately. And sometimes we ought to be thinking about all the times that he did. And we really don't, right? I mean, there are only a few things, and I really searched this week. There are only a few things that I have that are a reminder of a day, right? There are only a few things. I mean, my, my personal favorite and on top of my list are the crosses that hang in the building beside us, right? <clears throat> We started that some years ago when we would get to the end of Bible school. Everybody that had participated in, a, in the Bible school signed the cross. And it was a novel thought the first year. And then the second year, it seemed to be kind of odd. And then we started hanging them up on the wall. I see little kids walk and go, there's my name right there. Man, this ain't supposed to be like that. <laughs> <clears throat> And they have a part of it they remember. You know, <clears throat> and then I ask them, you know, who was your favorite character from that Bible school? And, you know, it's usually some idiot that, that runs into stuff or falls down. Or if y'all ain't ever been there, you don't know, you can't understand. But it's usually poorly dressed and sometimes wears some funny looking hair. I mean, it is what it is. But those crosses stand as a memory <clears throat> of each one of those Bible schools. And then I have some more too, right? I have a diploma. That reminds me of December the 8th of 1998. Somewhere I have a marriage license that's on September the 4th, 1999 that I remember that day, right? Um, and then there's some trophies, right? You might have a trophy or two that says, we won that ball game or, you know, something. I, I have a pretty neat little trophy. We used to have a hunting contest every year. And it was the total amount of points on all the deer you killed. And, and I have that trophy because I, I whooped their butt that, that year, and I remember that, right? But it, it's those things that where you have to set up sometimes to remember. <clears throat> and this week, when the hurricane was coming and, you know, it's not that big of a deal, and then we lost power. Wait a minute, it's maybe a little bit bigger deal than we did. We sat around talking about Hugo, right? Thinking about all the things that happened in Hugo or how you flush the toilets, in Hugo, right? You, you scooped it out of the tub. Actually, I wasn't, we weren't old enough to be allowed to flush the toilet because we might spill some of the water that was so valuable to flush the toilets. And we didn't have any power, and we cooked on the camp stove. But in the middle of that, I remember that God was with us. We had a terrible, I mean, I'm, everybody has their own thing, right? We were all at Grandmama's house. 
Margaret Patty's dog paced up and down the whole house the whole night. I could have thrown the dog out the window. It would have been just fine. Y'all remember that? Oh, Lord, have mercy. But everybody has their own thing, right? I mean, trees hit the house. Trees fell down in the yard, right? Everybody has those things that remember. But what we have to develop is we got to be able to do this. We got to be able to know when God showed up in our lives and did something spectacular that we have to build some kind of mechanism to help us remember. See, it's really, really difficult to be grateful if you don't remember anything good. It, think about it. If you don't remember all the things that has happened that is good, it's hard to be grateful. And look, it's not hard to be disappointed and put down and upset and have your feelings hurt and, you know, something happened and you don't like it and all of that stuff comes against you. It is hard to be thankful in those situations, which is why we have to build these things, whether they're, you know, just on paper or whether they're in your memory, although I doubt some of y'all have all of them memories still. I mean, you know, maybe the ones from way back. But you had to figure out a way, a mechanism to remember all the things that God had done for you. <clears throat> I, I'm going to get out of order, but it's okay. Hebrews, <clears throat> y'all don't know what the order is anyway, so it don't really matter to you. <laughs> uh, if you will, turn to Hebrews really quick. And we'll go back to the Old Testament in just a second. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 12. In verse 28, and therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken or that is unshakable, let us thank and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for God is a consuming fire. So when, since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, cannot be shaken. See, when, when we, if you ever won a trophy, right? It might get broke, it might get tarnished, it might have dust on it, right? It might get burned up in a fire. I mean, I'm just saying, it could do all kinds of stuff. But when you look at what the things that God has given us, the unshakable things that God has done for us, that our salvation is unshakable, that our adoption shit is un adoption ship is unshakable, all of the things that he has done for us, we have to put that on the front, See, it's easy to think, well, you know, I had a flat tire or I was late for work or traffic was bad or somebody cut me off or Chick-fil-A got my order wrong or no, they didn't. I'm just teasing you. All the things, right? It's easy to remember those little things that go wrong in our life. It's easy to be disappointed and upset and sour and aggravated. But when you step back and think about when they walked across the Jordan do you, do you, can you, I can't fathom the idea of watching the river stop. I mean, the Red Sea, at least that water wasn't moving, right? It was still, it just stood up on its side. But still, probably a pretty awe-striking event. But if you have any idea what a river feels like, if you ever walked out in the river for just a second, even the old Santee, which is not a very, you know, hard-flowing river, and try to stand still. That water just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. Constant, never ending. Yet, when Joshua and those guys walked, when the Ark of the Covenant walked into the water, the power of God stopped it from flowing. 
Did the entire tribe, nation of Israel walk across on dry land? Dry. After Friday, if you walk close to a puddle, you were not on dry land. And it only rained. It was not at the bottom of the river for the history of time. Right? So we have to build a mechanism in us that we don't forget. And one of the ways that you don't forget is being thankful. Right? Because if you, you and sometimes it's a habit, right? You have to force yourself. Y'all ever had little kids? I know most of y'all have had little kids. And you say, say, say thank you. Right? Why do we do that? Why when you give a little kid, do you make them say thank you? You're trying to build a habit, right? Say thank you. And sometimes it's not even really the reason to say thank you, right? You could be handing them their toy back and you just tell them, hey, say thank you. Why? Because you're trying to instill in them that they should be, have gratitude for somebody doing something for them. So us, as Christians, I'm going to tell you, say thank you. It's a good reason to be thankful. Even if, see back to them three Hebrew children. Even if he doesn't show up and save me today, I know I have salvation in heaven. And that alone is enough for me to be grateful for the rest of my days on this earth. Say thank you. I'm not talking about the times. You you know what? It, it, It sparked me this week. It, it, it's October, right? Well, it's October today, but it's felt like October for a week. So I've spent some time in the woods. So when I spend time in the woods, I spend time meditating and different things. It's really helpful, healthy for me, right? To get in the woods and be still and be quiet. But I started thinking about all the times, and I'm going to use a bad term, but I don't really mean it bad, that I cheated death, right? How many times was I doing something stupid or driving too fast or in the wrong place or in the wrong neck of the woods or being lost or on the lake when it was too rough or all the times that I had put myself in a bad situation and God saved me. Now, y'all probably ain't never done none of that dumb stuff, but I done done some dumb stuff. And, And you know what's amazing is, is we don't even consider it. We don't even consider it. And sometimes you might. I mean, me and Grady Pipkin one time took um, Daddy's little 14-foot stick steering boat across the lake and got caught, right? And then if you've ever been on the lake, and you know what it means to get caught. And we were trying to come back across the lake, and I took four waves across the bow of the boat. One hit me in the nose. And now I'm sitting in the boat. If it hit me in the nose, how far is it over the bow? It is in bad shape. My battery box was floating. The gas tank was floating. It's a poor decision. Made it home. No scratches, no scars, no nothing. And then I think, whoo, thank you, Lord, for saving me in my ignorance. But how many times have we been in a situation that where God has spared us or God has put his hand on us that we don't even know? Not to mention the times that where they stand out in your head, right? I mean, you know, I mean, Mr. Bobby got shot down two or three times in, in, in Vietnam. Obviously, God had protected him numerous occasions. I wish he was in here, but he's teaching little people's church. But there are times of where we have been faced with a thing to where if God wouldn't have been there protecting us, we'd be gone. 
And we don't understand or comprehend the times of what God does and how he does it and the timing of what happens around us. But it is definitely a time to say thank you. It's not, think, you know, this is usually a Thanksgiving thing, right? But we have to remember all of the times that God showed up and did what he was supposed to do. We really have to build that into our brain, right? And in the Old Testament, I think it's six times, they built altars to remember. They, they, like when the, the next one I was going to read, I, I, don't, I don't really got time to read it. I will, well, I'm going to read a little bit of it. In Exodus, chapter 17, so what happened was, is, you know, Moses <clears throat> it, it was still alive. Joshua hadn't taken over yet. And, and, and these, uh, the folks were attacking them, right? And, and Moses, uh, verse, chapter 17, verse 9, And Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men to go and fight against that. Yeah, those people. And tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. And so Joshua fought against that. Amalekites, whatever. And Moses, as Moses had ordered, and Moses and Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalites, Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put under him and sat. he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on each side, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the army with the sword. Can you imagine holding your hands up so long you can't do it anymore? And then you just sit down and get, hey, y'all come over here, hold my hands up. So they won. We, we do this sometimes when we win too, right? We, we don't. Them, them orange folks sometimes do this when they win. So Joshua overcame him with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. And make sure that Joshua hears it. Why Joshua? Because Joshua's got some stuff to do. Joshua spends the rest of his life fighting against different tribes of people for God. Joshua follows the Ark of the Covenant into battle countless times. Make sure Joshua hears it. Because I will be completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner, because his hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord. And the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. So they built an altar. Can you imagine... I mean, you, you, you think about stuff, right, that this coach helps or that coach helps. But could you imagine being in a war, and as long as some old guy over there on the hill held his hands up, we were winning, and if he took his hands down, we was losing? That'd be pretty tough. Hey, man, pick them hands back up. We got to go. But it was really not, right? It was the power of God and the power of God in, in Moses, right? When he held his hands up, did the power of God shone on them. You need to remember this. Why? Why does Joshua we need to hear? Because when, here's what happens. The enemy don't want you to remember that God took care of you the last time you were in a mess. Right? 
The enemy wants wants you to think that you are lonesome and beat down and there's no way you can win and you're all by yourself and nobody cares and nobody's going to care and it's just you and your own little pity party and you have to deal with it. And God wants you to know that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. That he knows the amount of hair on your head. That he knew you before you were born. That he has laid your steps out in front of you. See, that's two completely different ways to look at things. One is lonesome and beat down and defeated, and one is victorious and surrounded by the love of God. We got to remember this part. We got to remember all of the times that God showed up and did what he was supposed to do. That's why he wanted Joshua to know. Joshua, I want you to know that while I'm here, you're going to win. When you're walking with me, it is victory. Now, does that mean that it wasn't the stench of battle? That he didn't face enemies? That he didn't go into war? No, he went into war. He was a war. Joshua was a warrior. He spent his career killing people. But he knew as long as the Ark of the Covenant, which represented God, as long as God was with them, that nobody could defeat them. See, We have to get to the idea that where we can recollect in this old noggin all of the things that God has done for us. To where we get satisfied that if God is with us, then who can successfully be against us? It's not the economy. It's not your job. It's not gas prices. It's not the heating bill. It's not the cooling bill. It's not hurricanes. It's not sickness. It's not disease. Who can successfully be against the living God? And the answer is, not a soul. Not an opportunity, nothing. But what happens is, is we forget. We forget. Well, we forget. And then what happens? We step away. We get secluded. It's me against the world, and I'm going to show them. Not you against the world. It's, if, if you're a Christian, it's the body of Christ. At at the bare minimum, it's the body of Christ. Well, I don't feel the love. Well, come come fellowship and sit in the pews. If four strange people don't hug you before you leave, I will fuss at them. (laughs) I promise you, if you feel like you are left alone, come here. We will hug you whether you like it or not. That's not true. If you don't want to be hugged, we will not hug you. But the enemy tries to seclude us and separate us. And cut us out. Y'all, y'all ever watch National Geographic? Like with the lions chasing the little wildebeest or whatever? Did he attack the herd? No. They want to separate one out. We want to get one over here by itself. A little weak one over here by itself. Why? Because if they're in the herd, the herd protects them. If you're in the fellowship, the fellowship protects them. All right. Side note. Sorry. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians. There it is. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, I said, yeah, there you go. 16. Rejoice always and pray continually and give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ. For do not quench the Spirit.
when it says rejoice always and pray continuously and give thanks in all circumstances, does that all circumstances, does that include like when you're having a bad day, when the lights are off, when you, you know, your food's wrong, when people are talking bad about you, when things ain't going your way, if you made bad grade on a test, if you lost a ball game, does that count? I mean, because I can't, I can't remember what all circumstances mean. See, when we get to the place to where we understand who God is, regardless of what's taking place around us, we can be faithful and worship and, and thankful. And that's that old attitude of gratitude, right? We should be programmed in to where we're giving God thanks. I can't pray without thanking God for something. I really can. <clears throat> it's that we have to get to a place to where we have a remembrance of other records. You know, Granddaddy, before he passed away, wanted to, to write a book. Uh, a book about all of the people that had been healed under his ministry. And he wanted to tell all of the details of, you know, this person got healed of this and this person got healed of that. And Jennifer said, Daddy, you can't do that. You can't put people's business in a book. You, you just can't do that. And he said, well, why not? I prayed for them and they got healed. Yeah, I understand. But he wanted that remembrance. Not, not in him, but in, in, in the having the faith, because faith comes by hearing. Well, when you hear people get healed of cancer, you have a little bit more faith that people can be healed of cancer. When you hear people getting healed... Right? It, it builds faith. When you hear people overcoming substance abuse or whatever, it gives you faith. And maybe I can do it too, right? That that's what the enemy doesn't want you to remember. The, man, I want to get this right. The enemy is so bent on keeping you convinced that God doesn't love you and doesn't care anything about you that he's willing to do whatever it takes. For you to be offended, for you to be upset, for you to feel secluded, for you to be left out. But if we make it our job to don't forget and to say thank you, makes a whole lot of the things that we do on a daily basis seem a lot better. Does it change? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But it changed your perspective. It changes how you look at stuff, right? Having that attitude to where you're going to thank God coming in and thank God going out, whether it's good or bad, whether the lights are on or the lights are off, whether it's raining outside or sun shining outside, whether everybody likes you or nobody likes you. You have to understand that the relationship with God is personal with you and nobody can separate you from that. Nobody. We can't forget our birthright. We can't forget the promises that he's made for us. We can't forget the victories that are happening. And if you don't think that remembering them old victories is important, walk through the little building back there and look at all them Christmas floats. No, I'm saying, I'm teasing. Don't remember the Christmas floats. I'm not being prideful. I mean, there's a few trophies in there, but don't, don't be looking at them. But you have to set up things to help you remember all of the times that God showed up and showed out. And it's different for you than it is for anybody else. Nobody can understand your life experience. Nobody has been through your situation. Nobody has prayed what you've prayed. So nobody can replace your memory of what God's done for you. But you have to set it up to where you remember. 
I mean, I can remember some, but I can't remember all of the things God's done for you, right? I can't remember all of the times that God showed up when we're down to the last little bit. Do y'all remember the story of the, the, the widow lady who only had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and she said, I'm going to make me a cake and my son, and then we're going to die. And the prophet said, no, 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 make me one first, and then it'll be blessed. You think she remembered that? You think she remembered that handful of oil and handful of flour lasting them years? You think the folks that sat down and watched Jesus feed the 5,000 with two little fish and five loaves remembered that? Two fish and five hush puppies? You think they remembered feeding 5,000? I would think that that would have been a pretty amazing thing to see, right? And you go, yeah, but I've never really seen anything like that. Do you remember what it looked like the day you got saved? Because there shouldn't be another day that stands out more than when you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior because that creates a bond that is never broken. We have to spend time in remembrance of who we are and why we're where we're at and what God has done for us. When you understand who we are it helps. All right, I'm, I'm almost out of time, but I got just one more thing. It, it, it's, it's imperative that you take that life experience of all the times that God showed up and that you press it forwards to where the next time something happens, y- y'all ever had a, tr- a truck or car that wouldn't run and then something happened to it and you go, oh, well, I know how to fix this. You know, you got to jiggle the battery wire or, you know, kick it or jiggle the key or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, some of y'all new car people might not, but I mean, us old car folks, we, we done been there and, and, and had to play with it. Is that knowledge valuable? <clears throat> well, only if you want to start that car, right? You ever had one of them cars that nobody else could start? If you want to start it, you got to do this, this, and this, and it's got to be in that order. Well, how do you know? Well, I done done it. Well, if I want God to show up, you got to do this, this, and this. Well, how do you know? Because I've already done it. Because I've already lived in that experience. I've already seen God's hand at work. I've already watched him show up and save me. And I can't count the times that he has saved me when I wasn't paying attention. We have to get to the understanding that we know who God is and what he does for us. And if you just sit down for a second and start thinking about all the things that God has done for you and you can't be thankful, you need to come up and I will pray for you because you have have a mental block or we have some problems. You cannot be upset when you sit and think about all of the times that God has spared you and set you free and delivered you and saved you and loved you. You can't. It's impossible. That's why the enemy does not want you to do it. It is imperative to do not forget and say thank you. Let's pray. Father God, we just give you praise and honor and glory, Father. We thank you and praise you for all of the times that you have showed up, Father, and delivered us from countless attacks, Father. We just give you the praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.